Davidson. I'd like you to join me and the ministers of music from here, Water of Life Church in Plano, Texas, as we minister the gospel, the death, burial, and resurrection of our Lord Jesus, which is the power of God. Good morning. I want to begin with prayer. Father, I thank you. My heavenly Father, I thank you. My heavenly Father, I thank you. Let the power of my Lord be great. Father, let the power of my Lord be great and grant your people repentance. Grant us repentance. Open our eyes that we can see. Open our hearts like you did for Lydia, that we can attend unto the things which are spoken. Turn us from darkness to light, from the power of Satan unto you. And I ask this in Jesus' name, amen. Turn with me real quick to 1 Corinthians 15. I'm going to begin there. First one, moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. This is the Apostle Paul. Moreover, brethren, I declare unto you the gospel. Paul declared the gospel, which I preached unto you, which also you have received, and wherein you stand. What do you believe? What do you believe? You call yourself a Christian. You've called yourself a Christian your whole life. What do you believe? What do you believe? Let's see what Paul says here. By which also you are saved. Put it safety. If you keep in memory... What I preached unto you, unless you believed in vain. Notice Paul said, what I preached unto you. What did Paul preach? He preached the gospel. He preached the gospel. What do you believe? Verse 3, for I delivered unto you first of all, which I also received. Here is the definition of the gospel. How that Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures, and that he was buried. And that he rose again the third day according to the scriptures. There is your definition of the, of the gospel. Do you know that if you don't believe the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, you can't call yourself a Christian. You cannot call yourself a Christian if you do not believe the death, burial, and resurrection of the Lord Jesus. You got some work to do, don't we? Okay, let's go to Isaiah 53. I have been preaching to you the gospel, and I am continuing to do so. I am preaching to you the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. Why? Because Paul says in Romans 1.16, For I am not ashamed of the gospel, and neither am I. I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God. It is the power of God. Why would you want to serve a religion that can't help you and has no power? None. You know what? We got governments that can do that. We need a God that has power. Power. And where does that power come from? It comes through the gospel. Now, Isaiah 53, verse 11. This is what happened to Jesus when he was dead, when he was buried, and he rose again. If you read this chapter... Jesus was marred more than any man when he was on that cross. He was marred more than any man. Do you believe the Bible? He was marred more than any man. 
Oh, you've seen some men. Yes, I've seen them too. We see it on the internet every day. He was marred more than any man. Any. Why? Because your sin and my sin was on him. Every bone at a joint. If we look at the beginning of this chapter, it says he has no form. No form. Because he was so tortured and so broken, those bones were out of joint. No form. Why? He was carrying your and my transgressions, our sins, our iniquities, our perversities, our weaknesses. Everything wrong about us went on the body of that one man. Marred more than any man. Buried, dead, died on the cross. And not only that, he went to hell. His soul, his spirit went to hell. Why did he go to hell? Because he was paying for your sin and my sin. He had to pay for it. There had to be a sacrifice. As you, we read a couple weeks ago, there had to be blood. There had to be. Your sin and my sin would not go away unless there was blood. Unless there was blood. And Jesus gave his own body, his own blood for us. Now, verse 11 of Isaiah 53. He, the Father, God, Jehovah, shall see of the travail of his soul, Jesus' soul, when it was in hell, paying for your and my sin. And what happened when he saw that soul perishing, burning in hell? Yes, burning in hell, paying for our sin. He said he shall see the travail of his soul and shall be satisfied. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant justify many. Let's read that again. By his knowledge shall my righteous servant, Jesus, justify many. Justify. Look at that word justify. Justify. What does it mean? Well, you'll catch the meaning of it in the next phrase. For he shall bear their iniquities. He shall bear their iniquities. Jesus bore all our iniquities. And what happens when he bore them? What happens when he paid for them? What happens when the father was satisfied with that sacrifice? We were justified. Justified. I don't know if you knew this, if they taught you this in, in Sunday school, but they taught me in church. They said, justified, justified, just as if I'd never sinned. That is justification. Just as if you have never sinned. When does that occur? The moment you believe. The moment you believe it is manifested. It's already done. You are already justified. But when does it become manifested in your life? When does it become true in your life? When you believe it. Jesus justified us. I remember the days in Frisco, and I've shared this before, about how the Father, when he was teaching me, showing me the gospel, giving me the revelation, and I saw we were justified. I was justified when? When Jesus took that blood to heaven and sprinkled the heavenlies, my sins gone. Gone. Do you know all your sins are gone right now? The moment you trust that, the moment you believe it, your sins are gone. Gone. As if you've never committed them. And I remember speaking that and the conversation going back and forth between me and the Father. You say, oh, that can't be. Oh, really? 
Ask, you shall receive. Seek, you'll find. Knock, the door shall be open. You ask the Father for revelation of the gospel, and he will be more than happy to give it to you. That's why Jesus came. So I was there talking, and I said, okay, I see it. There is no sin, no sin in me. I am justified. You know what's nice about being justified? People can threaten you. They can threaten you. They can say, I'm going to tell the world what you did. I said, go ahead. It's not there. It's not there. It is not there. So who do you think's the ones are threatening? You think that's God? Who's the one that condemns you all the time? You don't have any sin. It's not there. Your sin is not there. So what's condemning you? It's not the one that died for you. It's not the one that took your sin for you. And it's not the one that sent him. When you're justified, the sin's not there. So I was speaking to the Father. I said, okay, I am justified. It's as if I have never sinned now. I said, there's something missing. I said, why am I justified? There's something missing. There is something missing. Why am I justified? All right, go with me to Romans. Let's go to Romans 5. Verse 8. But God commendeth his love, demonstrates his love toward us, and that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. We went over this the other day. Jesus died for you when you were at your very worst. Your very worst. He didn't wait till you got a little bit better. He died for you when you were at your worst. That was the love of God. So God's not surprised at what comes up after you've been born again. He's not surprised when this stuff shows up. Jesus died for you when you were at your worst. Why were we yet sinners? Christ died for us. Much more than being now justified by his blood. All the sin's gone. All your sin is gone. Now, justified by his blood, we shall be saved from wrath through him. Now, there's one thing. We should be saved from wrath. Why? Because God doesn't have any, he's not mad at you anymore. He can't be mad at you. You've done nothing wrong. Justified means the sin's not there. God can't be mad at you. There's nothing to condemn you with. The sin's not there. Go with me to Romans 5.1. Therefore, being justified by faith, by faith, the work's been done. All you have to do is to believe it, to bring it into manifestation, to make it alive in your life. Therefore, being justified by faith, we have peace with God. We have peace. God's not mad at you anymore. Do you hear me? With the gospel, God is not mad at you. With the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus, he took that wrath out on Jesus in hell. He took the wrath of your sin out on Jesus. Okay? He's not mad at you. Because you believe, if you believe that you have been justified, there is peace between the Father and you. It took me years to get there because I couldn't feel any peace. It took me years to believe the gospel that one day I realized there's peace. 
fairest pace between the Father and I. Why? Because of what I did? No. No. Jesus did the work. I stopped considering my feelings, and I started believing. I started believing. My sins are all gone. They are all gone because of what Jesus did, not because of what I did. Now, I said to the Father, okay, I'm justified. I stand here without sin. I said, something's missing. Something's missing. Go with me to Philippians 3. This amazed me. This is Paul speaking. Though I might also have confidence in the flesh, if any other man think he has wherever he might trust in the flesh, I the more. Circumcised the eighth day, a stock of Israel, of the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of the Hebrews, as touching the law of Pharisee. He said, but concerning zeal, persecuting the church. Look at this next phrase. Touching the righteousness which is in the law, blameless. Touching the righteousness which is of the law, blameless. Right there, Paul is telling you, he had no sin. He had no sin. I saw that one day and I said, okay, Paul had no sin under the law. I've got no sin, I'm justified. I said, what's missing? What's missing? I'm standing just like Paul, without sin. You know what? That didn't satisfy Paul either. He was by the law, blameless. But what was the next thing he said? But what things were gained to me, I counted lost for Jesus. He knew that wasn't enough either. That wasn't enough either. Turn with me to Genesis 3. Why were we justified? Verse 8. This is Adam and Eve walking in the garden. They had just eaten the fruit, but look at what this verse says. And they heard the voice of the Lord God walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They heard the voice of the Lord God, Jehovah, walking in the garden in the cool of the day. They had fellowship with the Father. He came and visited them. If you read the structure of this verse, this is something that he did more than once. They had fellowship with the Father. Fellowship. Now, let's go back to Romans 5. We read verse 8 and verse 9. Let's read verse 10. But if when they were enemies, we were enemies. We were enemies of God with our sin. You know, it says in, in Isaiah 59 that God... Because of our iniquities, God couldn't look on us and he couldn't hear us. Because of our iniquities, God could look on us and he couldn't hear us. He couldn't fellowship with us. If you remember what I read, I think it was last week, back about the Hebrews. God said, I'd like to go with you, but I can't. You got too much sin. I'll consume you. He said, I'll have to send an angel with you. You got too much sin. So now I'm standing here justified. You're standing there justified, just as if you have not had any sin. Now look what happens. For with when we were enemies, this next phrase, we were reconciled. We were reconciled to God by the death of his son. We were reconciled. We are not only standing without sin, but we were reconciled back to the Father. We were reconciled back to the Father. 
You know, the only way to get reconciled was to get justified. The sin had to be taken away. Our sin had to be taken away so we could be reconciled. Let's go to 2 Corinthians 5, 18. This was what I was looking for. This was what I was searching for. Justification to me left me without an end, without a finish, but this finished it. 18, and all things are of God who has reconciled us to himself by Jesus Christ and has given to us the ministry of reconciliation. Verse 19, to wit, God was in Christ, reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation. God was in Jesus. Why? To reconcile the world back to himself. That's why when Jesus came out of the grave, he said, I'm going to my father and your father. I'm going to my father and your father. Why? Because God was in Jesus, reconciling us back to him. Reconciling us back to the father. Not just taking our sins away. Not just cleaning us out. Not just delivering us from every disease, every sin, every spirit. He did it all for one reason. He wanted to reconcile us back to himself. You know, it says in the word of God, God is love. God is love. And it says he so loved the world, he sent his only son. Why? So that whosoever believeth in Jesus might not perish but have everlasting life. And what is that life? Being reconciled to the Father. You know, I have four children. And there are days that I long for them. I long for them. You know what? God's greater than I am. And he is love. He is love. Let's read on in this verse. It says, to wit, God was in Christ, reconciling the world unto himself, not imputing their trespasses unto them. That's why you were justified and has committed unto us the word of reconciliation, which is what I'm doing right now. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ, as though God did beseech you by us. We pray you in Christ's stead, be you reconciled to God. Be you reconciled to God. You say, but I've backslidden. So what? Be you reconciled to God. You know what backsliding is? You stop believing. That's all backsliding is. You stop believing. So repent and believe the gospel. That's all backsliding is. But I've sinned. Repent and believe the gospel. You've been justified, but you have to believe it. Repent and believe the gospel. Be you reconciled to God. You know what the neat thing about this is? God is right there waiting for you. You're not waiting on God for the reconciliation. Jesus already reconciled you two together. 
Jesus reconciled you and the Father. The only person that's missing in this reconciliation is you believing. Is you saying, okay. Is you trusting in that that reconciliation that happened in the death, burial, and resurrection occurred. It did. I am begging you in Jesus' stead, be you reconciled to God. Come to him. He is waiting on you. He is absolutely waiting on you to reconcile. And how do you do that? Those that call on the name of the Lord shall be delivered, shall be saved, shall be reconciled. Reconciled. There is one man between God and men, one mediator. Mediator. Why? Because there was a reconciliation. The man Jesus. He's the one that did the work for you. Do you know to be reconciled to the Father right now? And you can be reconciled at this very moment. All you have to do is say, yes, Lord. Yes, Jesus. You can be reconciled at this very moment because the work has already been done. It has nothing to do with you. The work was done in Jesus. It has nothing to do with you. You cannot work for this. The only thing you can do is say, yes, Jesus. And Jesus said, you must be born again. You must be. You know, Jesus didn't say, you must be healed. He didn't say you must be delivered, but he did say you must be born again. You must be. How do you get born again? Same as I just said. You believe in your heart that Jesus was raised from the dead, and you, and you confess the Lord Jesus with your mouth. Jesus. Jesus. I was born again. I was baptized in the Holy Ghost, spoken tongues, and I had a very difficult time saying the word Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. You know it is as easy as butter now. Thank you for joining Kathy Davidson and the ministers of music from Water of Life Church. She would love to hear from you. You may reach her by email at kd at kdwol.com or you may write her at Kathy Davidson, care of Water of Life Church, post office box 861-327, Plano, Texas 75086. You may find her on the internet at www.kdwol.com and on Facebook and Twitter. Until next time, God bless.